Hey there, my gambling turkeys on Thanksgiving. Wouldn't you love to go 3-0 and on Thanksgiving Day as you are full of turkey? How do you do it? Sign up at mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can bet sides, predict scores, track player props, and more. Mybookie.ag lets you play without cash or other purchases. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Double the money. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.ag has in-game live action on every major league event, even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go to MyBookie.ag, then open an account and join in on the fun. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Signing up is easy to do, and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's MyBookie.ag. Dot .ag promo code zabe no deposit necessary terms and conditions apply void where prohibited today on the zabecast steakhouse confidential episode 3 former american university head coach chris knocky tells us the time he caught one of his own players shaving points at halftime we've got college basketball stories galore over succulent steak and the best annual words of appreciation for thanksgiving in america your essential sports talk day starter is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Here we go. Wednesday, November 21st, 2018. Thank you for downloading and thank you for being a subscriber. We head into Thanksgiving hoping you will be with family and loved ones tomorrow and through the weekend. As I grow older, this holiday has surpassed all the others. And that's big for me because I have always been, and you can ask my mama, I've always been the Christmas kid. So for Thanksgiving to really take that leap past Christmas, that's something else right there. Part of it is, and my wife will attest to this, when you're buying cameras and or drones and or whatever, Uh, Whenever the mood strikes, because you're a grown-ass man who works for a living and has to spend money somehow to scratch an itch, you know, Christmas doesn't carry the kind of cachet it once did. The hardest thing is my wife saying, would you please just leave me something that I can buy and wrap up for under the tree on Christmas Day? But yeah, Thanksgiving to me has surpassed it. And I'm very blessed and very thankful that I have all four of my parents alive and relatively well, although dealing with the challenges of aging, and I will get to see all of them this weekend. And I hope that you can enjoy similar blessings or at least those that are comparable uh, with your family. Today I'll end the podcast with an annual editorial published by the Wall Street Journal, which I think really nails Thanksgiving. But we'll do that at the end. No turkey bowl for me this year. So if people are asking or you're wondering, did you paint the field like you've done in the past? This year, I did not. A little bit of laziness, a little bit of procrastination, a little bit of difficulty lining up people that would be available to come and play a football game on this unnecessary expenditure of nearly $500 worth of paint and 15 man hours, if not more, of labor. It got later and later, and I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to do it. 
and I t- it turned out to be a great year not to do it. We've had so much rain here in the D.C. area and just big, long, rainy days. The field was soaked when I went down there the other day, so it would have been almost impossible to paint it right now or just a cold, muddy mess. And it's going to get down to like high of 29 on Thanksgiving here in the D.C. area. It'll be one of the coldest Thanksgivings on record ever. It won't be much warmer come Saturday when we were supposed to play the game, and it's supposed to rain again on Saturday, so call this a good year for me to skip. I will do it next year. I, I need to put some more need to put some more shoulder and more money into the field. I got to aerate, I got to overseed, got to put down the pre-emergent, got to fertilize. Making good grass ain't free, it ain't easy. But damn when that grass is good. You just sit there. I know I do. I sit there and I look at it and I go, God, I love it. All right, some quick news before we get to our Steakhouse Confidential today. My Wizards cleared the air after shoot-around on Tuesday, apologized to each other essentially, vowed to play some defense and do better, and then went out and beat the Clippers at home. Hey, how about that? I'm glad they did. I was dubbing it a must-win game at 5-10. and 10 to start this young NBA season. Now we'll see what they do the rest of the year. There's reports that Bradley Beal could be traded, and that would suck because he's the only guy amongst all of our overpaid guys that we should actually keep. John Wall, we'd love to move. Nobody's going to take that contract. Otto Porter, nice guy, way overpaid with a max deal. Beal is the guy to hold on to. Of course, as a Wizards fan, it'll be my luck that he's the guy who ends up getting moved. Mitch Trubisky is questionable, if not unlikely, for Thursday's Thanksgiving game against Detroit. He got hit in the shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder, in that win against the Vikings. Uh, A little bit of a late, dirty hit uh, by one of the Vikings' safeties. I forget which one it was. Maybe not dirty, but a little bit late, a little bit cheap. Eh. It's what running around does in the NFL. gets you hurt. Bears, by the way, are number one on defense in a slew of categories. They're number one in turnovers, number one in total uh, turnover margin. They're number one in total turnovers, number one in interceptions, number one in rushing yards uh, allowed per game on defense. Bunch of other stuff. They really are for real, and it's not just Khalil Mack. Amazon may buy the 22 regional sports nets that Fox is – going to have to divest from uh, as part of the deal with Disney. So, yeah, that could be very interesting. Or is it Disney that's got to divest to those and Fox is going to come in? Or is Fox going to buy them back? I forget exactly. I don't know what it means for me. It just means that one way or another, we'll be paying more for our cable, and if not more for our cable, we'll be tempted into paying more for streaming services. Something tells me this is not going to make it cheaper for any of us. The NFL is enjoying its most points scored through 11 weeks, its most touchdowns scored through 11 weeks, its most touchdown passes in 11 weeks, and the second most games decided by three or fewer points through 11 weeks. Pretty good so far for the NFL. Ratings are up in most apples-to-apples comparisons of time slots, days, and products. Not a ton, but it's up some. And obviously the public is digging it. Ratings for Chiefs-Rams was not as great as I would have thought. Yes, it was up 57% from last year's game, which was a Seattle 
Atlanta game. It was the best since 2014. And you know my rule on since stats. This wouldn't even qualify as the best since stat because it's not 10 years. 10 years is my bar for any kind of since stat that would impress. It's only the best rating since 2014. Still relatively uh, surprising. But the NFL continues to be the number one most bankable appointment television. You can't time shift it. I mean, you can, but who would? Can't time shift it. Everyone's got to get in front of the TV and watch the game television product. J.R. Smith has been parked by the Cavaliers. He wants out. Cavaliers off to, what, a 2-10 and 10 start? Worst in the NBA? J.R. Smith, the soup-throwing, wrong-way-running, shirtless idiot, said he doesn't want to be in Cleveland because he doesn't think they are about winning there in the wake of LeBron. Well, no shit. J.R. Smith, who is terribly overpaid, they've not cut him yet, kind of like Carmelo Anthony. They've just told him to stay on his own and work out on his own. They'll try to find a place to trade him. Meanwhile, the efforts to trade Carmelo Anthony by the Houston Rockets, they too parked him, just told him, eh, stay at home. Uh, will I get paid? Yes, you'll get paid. Just stay away from the team. Don't travel with us. Don't show up to shoot around. Uh, the efforts to trade Carmelo Anthony are not going very well either. So, yeah. Nice league there, uh, Mr. Silver. You got guys that teams are saying, we're just going to park them. We can't cut them. We still have to pay them. We'd like to trade them. But while we're trying to do that, we can't have them around the team. Nice. All right, Steakhouse Confidential is brought to you by DC Prime Steaks and Seafood in Ashburn, Virginia. Go to dcprimesteaks.com to see some of their succulent dishes. We thank Rick Crow and the staff there for having us every week. Uh, Call for a reservation today at 703-840-2099 for the holidays. That's dcprimesteaks.com. Our guest this week was Chris Knocke in his 20th year now of doing color analysis for the University of Maryland basketball on radio. He was once the head coach at American U here in D.C. And as he likes to say, he knows where all of the bodies in the game are buried. Good and who's not. You know, this is the week of Maui. Great yeah. games going on. Uh, there, there are 10 different tournaments across the country. And then you've got next week starts the like the challenge weeks, the ACC Big Ten Challenge, things like that. And uh, that's when you sort of start to figure out who's good. Yeah, that's a good test. They got UVA. UVA next Wednesday, the 28th, and that's not a great matchup yeah. for Maryland. You know, I mean, it's a veteran UVA team that's root canal to watch. And, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that's the Maryland jealousy coming through. Let's see. No, wait, no, we're going to talk you about could, Duke here in a second. That's right. my Maryland okay. jealousy. Yeah. If Maryland played like Virginia and went as far as Virginia went, would well, Virginia, you take it? Well, they, Virginia they, didn't go far. They went on the first night last they year. They lost to UMBC. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of an upset. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to Maybe that. Maybe another <laughs> sip of that drink. <laughs> Prior to that, though, I believe they went to the Elite Eight. Before, the, since you guys have been there. Well, true yeah. or false, they've never gotten to where folks thought they would get. Well, partly because that style has limitations, doesn't it, well, in the tournament? Well, it's the, it's the tournament that has limitations. The, yeah. tur- the tournament, I mean, all you have to do is beat somebody one time. You don't have to beat them two out of three or four out of right, seven. Right, but don't you think that low-scoring, low-margin-of-error style well, that they play it, is not conducive? You know, I mean, like, if UVA beats you by 20, it feels like 50. Right. So, I, to to a degree, I I I agree with you, but 
They've got a great system. They've got really good players, underrated players. A guy like DeAndre Hunter is a first-round pick. How do they you get know? guys to buy into that? Um, well, part of it is campus. Nice campus. You know, uh, they the win. The archaeology major? They is win. that a big draw? Yeah, you can live on the grounds or whatever. Uh, what do they call uh, the <laughs> Right, lawn. the Thomas the Jefferson lawn. Scholarship. The lawn. The lawn. The lawn. Yeah. I yeah. think the most unique thing that he does, though, in today's day and age is he doesn't really play freshmen. Yeah. I mean, to get – kids to go recruit them and tell them you're not going to play as a freshman today. So how is Tony Bennett doing it then? Exactly. Well, first of all, he's, I mean, the defense is ridiculous. I mean, he does a great job. Yeah, he gets kids to buy into defense, accept low-scoring games, not play as freshmen, have to be at a rigorous academic school because Virginia's not a joke. I think, too, if you met him, you would immediately think this is like the greatest guy I ever met. I would also say he's so handsome. Holy shit, this guy he is does the most a great, handsome he, he, has a, he has a great stump speech. Does so he? his whole thing is, is first of all, he's not a, I hate to go this in this direction, but he's not a convenient Christian. He's very devout. Okay. He's, and he's serious about mm-hmm. it. But he, I've heard him speak at uh, FCA stuff, Fellowship of Christian, Christian Athletes, Athletes uh, right. where there are thousands of people. And his stock line is this. He stands up and he looks out at the crowd and he says, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, it's not that Tony Bennett. <laughs> which is that's pretty, the opening line. Yeah, yeah. Which is okay. brilliant. You know, it's, right. it's self-effacing. It's very, it's it's yeah. humble. It's, you know, and he comes out across as a real regular guy. I will bet you in a living room. Oh, he's got to he be tremendous. He is freaking magic. He's got to be a great recruiter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how do you not go play for that guy? Yeah. And because it, he sells a different system. I'll tell you how you don't get played. Go play for him. You get a car somewhere else or a hooker at Louisville. A bag of cash. Well, or, ba- or a bag, bag of, of cash. cash. Yeah. Right. Like, how did Zion Williamson turn down oh. Kansas to go to Duke? <laughs> yeah. Must have been the geology major that swayed him. Have you seen the house that his parents are living in in Durham? No. Zion? Oh, yeah. I'd be happy to send that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does it have a Why? decimal? What? Why are they even 1. staying 2? there? He's gone in March. Well, they're renting. <laughs> they're renting. Of course they are. It was furnished. Yeah. Dude, it was furnished. I, I, I am the biggest Zion head out there. Are you? And I've been that way since he became a YouTube sensation. Yeah. And I'd like to know from you, Naki, as a coach, tell me should I pump my brakes on him? No, he's ridiculous. I mean, he's uh, he's Barkley. He's a bigger, badder Built like Barclay. a tank. He's, he's stronger. He's thicker. He's more explosive. And Barkley, as a young guy, was really explosive. And all-court skills. That, yeah. that that dribble drive with the two-handed bounce pass yeah. against Kentucky. Ridiculous. Like, who the fuck are what you? They did to Kentucky, <laughs> what they did to Kentucky in the first game is criminal. I mean, they and undressed. Oh. I mean, criminal and delightful, I bet, as a Kentucky hitter. Kentucky, that was an ass beating. Ken, well, Kentucky gets 84 and loses by 34. Absolutely. If and, you had Kentucky and 84, and, 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 you and, lost. And, and I was on Duke big time. Were you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right out of the gate. I yeah. knew the studs they were bringing to the table, and Kentucky's an unknown commodity right now. I knew Duke was going to be good. Yeah. I mean, it's Duke and everybody else at yeah. this point. I mean, I mean, you almost want to fill in the blank and go national championship. Sure. I I was yeah. when I watched them against Kentucky. I got the feeling like I was watching Alabama football. Like, yep. There like you who's, go. Good. Who's good. coming in second? But it'll make rooting against them and watching them lose <laughs> even more delicious. It will Come be a March. party. Party at my house. I think if somebody could beat them. I think there's got to be some concern over Zion at the next level, though, for a couple different. I mean, 
I don't know if he can shoot the ball from the outside. In today's league, you have to. Ben Simmons can't. You can't. Yeah, but he's. I think he's a more skilled point guard. Right. You can't play Barkley's type of game. You know, just because you're big and and more powerful. Down on the block. You know, I heard something the other day that at 285, he'd be the second heaviest player in the NBA right now. Really? Whoa, and, whoa. He's 285? Yeah, he's 285. It's all in the and chest, though, isn't it? 285? Yeah. Is Jahidi White still in the league? <laughs> no. Jihide. There's no Jahidi. I forget who the number who is heavier than him, but at 285. Oliver Miller? Yeah, yeah he was he was big. <laughs> that was when he fat played. guys could play in college well, basketball. Uh, There's no track, fat kids anymore. The game anymore. is yeah. so completely right. yeah, changed. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So but, when you get to the next level, I, I mean, the kid didn't shoot it well in high school from three. Now, in high school, he probably didn't need to take too many threes because nah, he, he was just overpowering guys so much. But, you know, uh, there's all this, you know, Wizards tank for Zion. (laughs) Wizards tank for Zion. Redskins tank for Tua. Although we have to wait a year for that. Oh, no, no. Greer. I want Greer out of WVU. Really? He's a slinger, man. Oh, I I want a guy that's a gunslinger, has no conscience, goes back there and just lets it rip. You wouldn't take him over Tua. Oh, yes, I would. Well, you're an idiot. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. That makes one of us. Yeah. Gorgie, you're good at hey, sales. Well, I'm you're sorry. Not, I'm you're sorry. not good at scouting. I'm sorry. Does Tua wear a knee brace? Red flag. This is where Gorgie gets louder because he thinks it's facts versus volume. No, I'm just saying he wears a knee brace. That's an issue. You know, uh, the other guys that wore knee those, Zabe, about, about Duke losing and the potential for them losing. Yeah. And to CJ's point about the shooting, like when they shoot 38 40% from the three-point line, Nobody will touch them. Yeah. But they've had games, you know, like against Army where they shot like yeah. around 20, and all of a sudden, and, and let me tell you something. That, was a, that game was close at halftime. You get yeah. to the first round of the NCAA tournament, you get some sphincters that will pucker. Right. If for young guys, and, and they act like they're all loose and free, and it's all good, and it's a party and stuff like that. The tournament, I, were you playing in Corvallis, or were you playing in... Right, they ship you off to some a, weird place, Boise, Idaho. a different animal yeah. when I, that happens. I think that the Duke... Fab Five debate is great. You know that Vegas. There are some people in Vegas. So the current Duke team versus the Fab Five is that? Yeah, the original Fab Five, and there there are a lot of people that you know because the the way that we live now, it's what have you done for me lately kind of thing. People think that this Duke team would just crush the Fab Five, and some casino in Vegas actually put a point spread out and had Duke as like a three or four point favorite or something over over uh, over that Fab Five team. I'm like. And Jalen Rose went off, and Jalen Rose said Zion wouldn't even have started I on the that, Fab Five team. That, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, he got all heated about it. Oh, I don't but know I, about I that. think I think people forget in this argument how good Chris Weber was. Oh, I mean, he did that. I mean, Weber well, I was. That, I think that we, you know, I just remember what a shitbird he was here. You know, and, but and Weber, they, Weber, yeah, and and and. and I, I mean, I agree. Tremendous talent. It's so hard to compare eras. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. game is played differently now. Totally. Like, but uh, that, but that five five team must have had those three guys must have played forty five years in the NBA combined. Yeah, but they didn't shoot I mean, threes back then. Yeah. Exactly. Now the game. Well, well, yeah. They ran the court. Yeah, like reddish. No, they ran the court yeah. and had dunk shot from yeah. outside. Yeah. But, but but they ran the court. Jalen Rose wasn't a great shooter even in his NBA career, but he played. For though they all played double-digit careers in the NBA, Juwan Howard was still getting cash last year. I, I, I respect. <laughs> I respect both of those groups. I mean, they're both great, great recruiting classes. But when I hear Jalen, and I love listening to Jalen talk on TV, he's good. When, by the way, when I hear that shit, though, I I start to think I should hear Glory Days playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like I, it's always it was doesn't, always better. Doesn't every athlete get yeah. that way though? Yeah, I think uh, so. I, I think so. Well, Gorgie's got a salad yeah. here. It's amazing. <laughs> so healthy. Wow, it's awesome. 
DC Prime Steak Seafood. It's great to be here yet All again. All the above. Yeah, Yet fantastic. again, thank you to uh, Rick Crow and the cast of owners here that indulge us every Tuesday. You, by the way, Naki, you got a huge job living up to Smoot last week. I mean, Smoot so I, brought I, the thunder. No pressure. Last week, people I, were like, oh, my God. Can I tell you about time I had a bunch of strippers on a boat? Yeah. <laughs> do you have a story of that nature? Now, you do have a story of a guy who was shaving points. When you I coached do, at American, and, and so of all the years I've known you, that's the one story. That <laughs> that's the big one. That's the. It's no. a hell of a story. It is seriously. Now, here's the thing: for those who live in the D.C. area, have listened to you with me and Andy over the years, they've heard the story. But a lot of listeners nationwide have probably never heard. Naki's coaching at American University. This was what year? This would have been ninety four, ninety five, I think. Okay. And I had a, a kid transfer in. I call him out by name because I've already called him out by name. Okay, and uh, he was a Duke transfer. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, and he had uh, he co- he came to me and uh, transferred, and he was a terrific player. And we were playing a game. It was a TV game at uh, George Mason. George Mason at the time was coached by Paul Westhead, and that was no when way. they they had that. <laughs> We're going to shoot every three seconds thing. They're trying to beat you 103 to 100. Was that prior to? That was Loyal. after Loyola Marymount. Okay. Yeah. So we go over there, and we had played them earlier in the year, and we'd beat them. And I thought we were clearly better than them. And uh, so we went over there, and uh, shit went sideways from the start. And at halftime, we're, uh, we're down 22 points, I think is what the number was. Down 22. Now, yep. fortunately... Because of the system they play, you're never really out of the game. 22 points is a matter right. of a, three or four minutes. Right. And so uh, <clears throat> we went to the locker room. Christian at the time, the player, was – I think he was like one for nine. He had three or four turnovers. And I said, dude – What's your, going on? No, I didn't even ask him. Oh. I said, put your clothes on. You're not – you're going to sit with a band in the second half. You're not sitting with me. And uh, – because I, I knew something was up. And Just on a bad performance. Uh, it was, Zabe, it was, it was a guy who's trying too hard to be bad. You know, okay. it was, and, and I'd seen him uh, for, he sat out a year when he transferred. Okay. And then he was playing this year. So I'd seen what the goods were. And Did what, you have warnings of, none, hey, zero. he might be, okay. Zero. Was there a lot of other stuff like that going on in the game? I mean, there was the one out at Arizona State. So, and there was so the thing that always. Stephen Headache Smith. Yeah. When I was coaching, the thing that I, I never really worried about my guys you know drinking a whole lot i mean because they're college kids they're going to get out and they're going to drink a little bit i didn't even worry about them smoking that much weed i was far more concerned about the gambling because it was so pervasive okay and i knew that everybody on campus was gambling so um so that was always kind of in the forefront that's in the frontal lobe so you tell him you're not playing the second half what does he say he doesn't say a word and so with no rebuttal i'm thinking yeah, okay. All right. We're good here. Did he did he shower up and put on his clothes? No, he just put on he put on sweats, sweats okay. and went outside. So we ended up spanking Mason. Okay. We ended up winning the game by twenty five or twenty six. Did he sit on the bench? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. But but so but but the problem is the win is so tainted that that I mean so tainted for me because Did you cover? <laughs> That's the most important thing. If he's shaving, did you cover? And are you worried that whoever paid him to shave was going to come after you right. so for benching his well, ass? Well, clearly, whoever paid him thought we were going to lose that game for sure. You know, I, I, 
you know what? I know you're joking, but so anyway, I go no, I'm not around. joking. I I have no. I idea. would be worried about that if I'm a coach. I have if no I idea. think a guy is shaving points and I bench him, and then you end up winning the game and covering, yeah. I'd be like, who the fuck's gonna knock at my door? Yeah, yeah but, but if you spend Ding your dong. life, if you're spending your life looking around your shoulder, looking over your shoulder, that's. That's no way to live okay, your life. Clint Eastwood. You just, I had no idea you you're <laughs> had no idea you're that hard. No, you just okay. do what you got to do. So, so anyway, but I, I go in the locker room and we had just had a great win on the road where we drilled the yeah. arch rival by 26 points. And all I could think about is, I said, you know, I, and I, I, I vividly remember this. I walked back in the, in the locker room and I said, "You motherfuckers are going to come into my office when we get back to to campus, and we're going to hash this out. We're going to talk." Meaning all of them. Everybody. Did you think other guys were in on it? I don't. I, what they, by the way, they played in the second half. I thought not, but <laughs> did you think they might have known about it? I think they needed to have this conversation. Did this kid have a genuine hardship where he needed the money? He was in deep to some guys that he'd lost in football too in the fall. Oh, and okay. so they said you can make this right. Did you ever okay. find out like how much in deep? No, did not. And how? he came from he came from money. His parents were yeah. well off in Germany, you know. And so did he, did you kick him off the team? I needed to win. Shut up! <laughs> so, so basically, you kept him on the team, even though he was trying to tank a game kept for you. Kept him on the team, and, okay. I, and I, 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 I can't remember exactly what the punitive measures were. Okay, I'm sure, I didn't. Did you say to him, "Look, next time you're on a side, let me know, I so see. I can get on it, <laughs> yeah. get on it with you." Tip me off before. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. If you're on a side, yeah. let me know here. You yeah. know, it's uh, I, it's now it's been 23 years. Okay. So I'd have to sort of, I'd have to, I didn't know we were going in this direction today. Well, that. sure. <laughs> All right. How happen. how prevalent do you think it was back then? See, the thing I worry about now. Well, okay, I was going to get to now because we're a see, gambling culture now. See, the thing, and, and we have had this conversation over the years, Dave. I swear to God, officials worry me now. Well, I, of course I think, they I think do. games are so – you watch a lot of college hoops. I think, I think the level of officiating in college basketball is atrocious. Terrible. It's awful. And they I, finally kicked Teddy TV out of the that, Big Ten. Right? Ted Valentine out of the Big Ten. He's still doing other conferences, but I almost feel like they need to change the rules to almost to help with that. One of the things that would help, maybe, is like if you shorten the shot clock even more than it is now to like a twenty-four seconds, so that so the game moves faster and there's less. You know, there maybe there less have, ability I, to influence the game. I, I mean, How I have, about six fouls? I have no. No, that so was. He, that was a major mistake when the Big East, Big East did that. Big East went to that. What yeah. years was that? It was in the, like the early '90s okay. when they did it, and it was, it just. See, I hate it because I think fouling out is a integral part Absolutely. of playing the game properly. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I would be against that, but nowadays you're right. The officials, and I saw this when I was doing play-by-play at the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. We had a home and home with Texas. Okay, to get a home and home with Texas. Tom even, Penders was co- who was coaching? Oh, this would have been ninety-one. No, it wouldn't have been Penders. I don't think. Uh, Rick Barnes. No, no, he, no, no Barnes no. came in after. Okay. He was probably. After I, was I forget. Say, he might have been at Mason. Anyway, it's ninety-one. We're we're a uh, we're we're a Pacific Coast League team that's got a home and home. So Texas is going to have to drag their ass out to our little gym near the waves and the beach at Santa Barbara. And the coach at Santa Barbara, Jerry, Jerry Pim. Yeah. yeah. So the first date was at UCSB, and this was the biggest game that we had had. It's like, holy shit, we got Texas. Now, Texas is not a big basketball power. No, but you get the, But it's a power five school, and also, it's like, it's an exotic, you know? Also, You're like, also you get the, the 
the iconic uniforms coming in there. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah, a big it was deal. A, it was a big deal. Yeah. So they come in, and our guys rise up to the moment and beat them. Big mistake. I was doing play-by-play for the team. When we traveled back to Austin the next year, I'm telling you, Naki, and you've seen it before, and I'm sure you too have, Chris, it was like a WWE refereed <laughs> basketball yeah. game. It yeah. was insane. Yeah. The the ref the refs, the Big Twelve refs or whatever conference it was back then, were like they were whistling you for fouls when you took your warm ups off. It was a joke. Yeah. You because what, well, you show you boys. Even when I was coaching in the Colonial, we would go down to East Carolina and there'd be like three guys named Earl ref in the game, you know? <laughs> and and I remember being down there and they were pretty good. And 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 during the course of the game, I said to one of the refs, I said, uh, I can't see the scoreboard. What what is the score here? He said, "We're up eight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. Yeah. When I did when I did radio in San, in uh, Charlotte, Mark Packer, son of Billy, yeah, 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 who does stuff for Sirius I XM. I listened to him. Yeah. Yeah. Packer used to when we were on the same station, WFNZ. He used to keep a handwritten chart, a grid of foul calls in the ACC. And every year, Duke and Carolina would end up making more free throws than half the league would even attempt. And he hammered it home. He was like the ACC index card. Every single week of the ACC season, the ACC index card, and it would get people all riled up, you know. Duke and Carolina get all the calls, which they do and did, but they were also the better team. Yeah, they were So they probably should get more yeah. calls, right? Yeah. So, Gary, well, that, yeah, if you're winning at the end of the game, you're going to get fouled a lot more than you're fouling the other that's team. That's right. Part of it for sure. And if yeah. you're generally the better yeah. team, you're going to yeah. get more sure. calls. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Williams tells a great story about the late, great Lenny Wirtz, the coach who refed in the ACC for maybe 155, 160 years. I'm not sure. But <laughs> but they were playing down in North Carolina, and – and the action was pretty fast-paced, and, and Lenny had run past the North Carolina bench and stopped on a dime and gave Dean Smith a technical. And um, so eventually, a couple of possessions later, Lenny's in front of Gary and uh, during a free throw, and, Lenny, and Gary says, what you getting the technical for? And Lenny said, well, Dean said two things. He said, first of all, that he's 59 and 15 with me doing UNC games. <laughs> and so Gary said, well, that's not too bad. What did, what did he say the second comment? And um, and Dean said, apparently, in the second comment, that's the worst record I have with any <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst individual <laughs> record, yeah. record I have. Yeah. So, oh, my so God. So Lenny felt like he had to, he had yeah. to tee him up. Yeah. Well, the refereeing in college is interesting because the referees are overseen by the league's like director of officials yeah. and they do multiple conferences they blend yeah yeah exactly so exactly. they mix around and you know they're big egos big personalities and biases and big paydays these guys are making big bank really yeah so so okay so if i'm let me give you an idea of how much they make so if, so if i'm doing a game at uh penn state um and i live in dc all right, so what I'm getting is I'm getting basically 3500 bucks for the game. Yep. That's one of maybe 70 I'll do during that four-month period. Do the math on that. But then I'm not I good also, at math. Then I also get the expenses built into the check for a flight 
to State College. Now, I didn't know they flew into. I thought I thought you couldn't get to State College. You can fly, but most of these guys just drive and pocket the money. Okay. Because you right. can. So you're saying they're overpaid? I'm saying. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying they should be wearing bandoleros crisscrossed across their chest. Well, you, know? you always said as a coach, you looked at the referees as guys who were taking food <laughs> off my out, table, off your table, out of your kid's mouth yeah. with yeah. every call that they made. And I'm sure every coach in America thinks that way. So I have some friends on Facebook, some old referee friends on Facebook, and okay. occasionally they do these get-togethers. And I and I see pictures posted of these guys. <laughs> Do you and, comment on them? Yeah, yeah. You know, like like saying, "Where's a meteor when you need one?" <laughs> <laughs> no. So, like, like uh, there was a picture of nine of them together having dinner in Baltimore like two, three weeks ago. And I looked at it, and the one thing that stuck out to me was not a pair of glasses among them. Blind ass mofo. Yeah, I hear, I hear the three blind mice theme playing in the background. <laughs> Chris Knocky does a podcast with Gary Williams, yep. who recruited you to play at American. He did. Many yeah. years ago, and you have been He's intertwined with him career-wise uh, for many years. You've been doing Maryland basketball on the radio for how many years 20 now? Years. 20, 20 years. 20 years. Awesome. Incredible. And uh, you and Gary, and who else does this podcast? Uh, Eddie Tapscott, who's an executive with the Wizards. Ed Tapscott, so who lo- coached. At American U and was the head coach of the Wizards. Right. Um, Which is no big thing because a million people have been coached well, there. Well, there's you know. that. Yeah. Gar Hurd. Gar blew everybody away. Daryl Walker was a head coach <laughs> once upon a time. Tap is a is an encyclopedia of NBA. He's tied in. Like he was telling a story the other day on the air about when we were recording about having lunch with Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, my God. You know, and stuff like that. I mean, how many people, I bet you've had a... Did Wilt say, smell my finger? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, Wilt, I'd rather not, actually. He he was assistant GM of the Knicks forever, He was, with Ernie. Yeah, like during those great years for the Knicks. Uh, The name of the podcast is? Uh, Basketball Coaches DC Podcast. Awesome. Available wherever podcasts are delivered. And it drops every week. It dry, we record Monday. It's, it's rec- it drops every uh, Tuesday morning. First I thing every Tuesday it. morning. Yeah, love we had a lot of fun stories. with it, and uh, and it's you know we. Get How's along Gary right. doing? Gary's an animal. Gary's the best. He he he's you know what I've known him now since 1978, and there there's still times where I walk out of there thinking he scares the shit out of me. <laughs> intense. Yeah, just intense, and he. Yeah. You know, I, I sometimes I feel like he's going to start to sweat during dinner. You know, when we're <laughs> doing this, these things, because he's just that over the top. But yeah. he, I asked him the other day. Um, you guys probably saw the story about Jim Calhoun going back to coaching Division mm-hmm. Three, mm-hmm. and uh, it's at a small school uh, outside of Hartford, so it's a home. Calhoun, game. yeah, Dimeback Calhoun, yeah, so, not a Dimeback <laughs> is back in coaching Division Three. Wow. So, so at wow. any rate, one of the things he got hired at the school that was formerly an all-girls school, and they started to incorporate guys, but it's been it's been an incredible boon to the school because of the notoriety that's come okay. with the Calhoun hire. So there was a lot of media coverage around his first game, and you know they won. I don't. They played a team you'd never heard of before, and but Calhoun was talking about what a what an epic win it was for him. So I asked Gary. I said. Could you do that? I mean, they're comparable ages, right? I'm Calhoun and Gary. Yeah. Hasn't Gary been offered that? Well, Gary, Gary said, I think about that a lot. Because Gary's whole thing was always that I, I coach because I like to coach. Yeah. The money was fantastic at the end, and he made a lot of money. Right. And he won a national championship. But he became a coach. When he became a coach at American U in 1978, you know, he's making $23,000. Right. You know, so 
Um, but I asked him that question, and, and like I could see the, you know, everything start to turn, and he was like, yeah, I could do that. And then all of a sudden at the end he said, yeah, but I wouldn't want to ride in a van to a game. <laughs> so, so. He's got champagne taste now. Yeah, exactly. Now that he's in the Hall of Fame. He is in every Hall of Fame. He's in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. And the Naismith Hall of Fame. So that's was, oh, he's in a time. couple other Hall of Fames. I won't yeah. say it here, though, because I fear <laughs> Gary. Do we Beach Hall of Fame? <laughs> Gary is in the Zero to Rage <clears throat> oh Hall of Fame. He can, he can I've been go. the he object can, of that rage he, once or twice. Yeah, th- this was a good one, CJ, and I think you remember the story, uh, or at least the times in which, after a brutal loss, who was the man responsible for interviewing Gary at Maryland Games? in front of a live mic that fed not only the radio, but the entire Cole, Cole Fieldhouse. Field house. Yeah. This guy, yeah. Naki. Oh, yeah. And Gary would be literally dripping with sweat just seconds from a brutal defeat. No. And you would have to go ask him questions. And so I would, I would spend most of the second half of these games <laughs> thinking, what in the world do you say to this lunatic? Right? Yeah, right. You... How do you start? So we had lost a game to GW down in that, and what used to be the old BM, BB&T, yeah. uh, Franklin, Bank, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And losing to GW was as unpalatable to Gary as... Why is that? City school. Okay. Local school. It's like, it's like Georgetown. It's yeah. Like, you, know, it's a, you don't want to play them because they're recruiting and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And he also thought GW had a bunch of guys that, you know, in fact, they did have a bunch of one-year guys, guys who hit and ran and were gone. But so I talked to, so I'm, I'm waiting for Gary in the tunnel. They lost to, to, a, to GW. And I said, I asked him a question. I can't even tell you what the question was. I, I think I said, you know, one of those. And uh, he said, he looks at me, he says, you've had two and a half hours to think of your, <laughs> think of your first question. That's your first and question. that's the best you got. Yeah. So uh, it was, uh, <laughs> but I knew I knew that going in. I mean, I knew I, I've known him for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I've only had the pleasure of golfing with Gary on numerous occasions. I remember the time at Beacon Hill, Naki, in which he started yelling at a deer, 150 yards up in the distance, because it was in his line of sight to the green. He starts getting absolutely batshit angry. Get it, get out of here! Well, like, just hit the ball, coach. The other thing about that is, is that uh, for anybody who'd ever. Beacon Hill now has been sort of plowed under, and it's not. No, it's in cryogenic state. Okay. It's but yeah. it was such a beautiful setting. And oh, it incredible! Was, it was a gorgeous spot, and this, yeah. the deer pranced out, and I'm thinking, <laughs> this is freaking it's awesome. great, beautiful. You know? And Gary, Gary was annoyed. There's, was, a, there's <laughs> a four point messed up. With <laughs> it was a four point in his line of sight. And then there know? was that time my boy Gitter, who came to town, big basketball fan from Wisconsin, a high school referee, he made the mistake at Burning Tree of actually CJ stopping the flow of play for five seconds. It was his turn to hit. Five seconds to say something or ask something to Gary. Oh, no. At that <laughs> point, Gary's demeanor, because when Gary plays golf, it's like it's press fast, forward. Yeah. It's like press. It's like 40 minutes of hell, Nolan Richardson style, you know? And uh, it was pretty funny. I, I pulled Gitter aside. I'm like, yeah, just, you know, get your questions in when you can. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't slow down yeah. anything. He yeah. wants to get through Coach, do you still regret uh, – the way you played Duke in the second half in oh, Minneapolis, shit, the Final yeah. Four. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, that was a bad one. He, he he also has a, and I love him to death. I mean, I he's the best, by the way. One of Gary. my great great friends, but he he has this thing too where he does not like it if you address his ball, his golf ball. Like say, get down. Like like oh, say, to it. get yeah. left, get left. If you, yeah, like, if you get, talk to his ball. You know what they say a, on tour? They go get your lips off oh, my, my ball. ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You well, know that, Gorgie. Yeah. The thing is, he, Gary equates it to. 
he said, Gary, and you can, you, I get, I, when he said this to me, I, I, it all kind of clicked in. He said, it's like somebody talking to me at the free throw line. Oh. <laughs> I never really thought about it like that. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but but he has, I've heard him undress caddies before, and, you know, these are 19-year-old kids that aren't thinking about the free throw line. They're just yeah. trying to be helpful. I'm a bad violator of that rule. Are you? Yeah, I'm really bad at that. You got your lips on balls all the yeah. time? No. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> oh, I'm, no. I'm constantly doing, like, a Johnny Miller out on the golf oh, course you really? for, for other players. Like commentating. Yeah. Yeah, how about too much? How about this? I get, I get enraged at the guy who is the quick guy to say, "Oh, that's fine." The ball is maybe a hundred feet off your club face, and it's airborne and going in the general direction. Yeah. And the guy goes, "I'll be fine." And you're like, what "The fuck do you know?" Yeah. Like it's got another two hundred <laughs> yards to travel. It yeah. could end up in the creek for God's sakes. And they're like, "That's fine." Yeah. No, no, it's not fine yet until I say it's fine. Nothing's worse than great par and then it lips out. Oh, the quick call. Oh, the, the, the quick call of the putt. putt. I mean, and then it goes, nice putt, and then back. It, it gives you the middle finger yeah. as it comes spinning back at you. Yeah. yeah. Gary retired easily a couple years before anyone I think thought he would. And it was probably when the dirty, dirty recruiting games got to be just too dirty. Just he didn't want to be a part of that. That was too, the general feeling. I think that was a part of it. I think the other part is that you have to. He was at the time, let's see, 73 now, so I'm going to say he was 66 maybe. And I think that, you know, if you're looking at it from his perspective, he's like, when is my next window to, like, be really good? And I don't think it was imminent for him. He didn't see it. And uh, and on top of that, the recruiting had changed. He'd had a couple of terrible experiences in his office with recruits. Really? That had... You know, that, and, that had people come in saying, I want this, this, exactly. and this. Exactly. He's yeah, like, I'm yeah. sorry, and, and, what and, am I, Santa Claus? And, and these weren't great recruits. These, these okay. were guys that didn't command a whole lot of love. And so uh, I think it just completely soured him on yeah. that. And he, and he was in the process, of, uh, you know, he, he got married. He was getting the process of you know being engaged and getting married. And okay. his life was changing a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he made the choice. When we come back. Best coach currently in college basketball. The state of the game. Naki will be able to play college basketball czar. Fix anything you want. I know your plan will be better than Billis. Billis every year writes this ridiculous column as the Billistrator saying, here's how I'd fix college basketball. I disagree with about 90% of it. But I'll let you play czar on that. And then if all goes well, boys, maybe I can sell Naki on the four-point shot. That will never happen. Uh, In my (laughs) lifetime, you'll see it. You'll see it. I proposed this years ago, and Naki laughed me off the radio. It's coming. The (laughs) four-point shot. So we'll get to that after dinner. Hey there, my gambling turkeys on Thanksgiving. Wouldn't you love to go 3-0 on Thanksgiving Day as you are full of turkey? How do you do it? Sign up at mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can bet sides, predict scores, track player props, and more. MyBookie.ag lets you play without cash or other purchases. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Double the money. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.ag has in-game live action on every major league event. 
even esports. There's no better time to join mybookie.ag than today. Go to mybookie.ag, then open an account and join in on the fun. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Signing up is easy to do, and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's mybookie.ag, promo code ZABE. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited. Highest is Slinger at Maryland. All right, so we are jammed full of steak, as always. Thank you to DC Prime, steaks and seafood. And now we're going to figure out who is the best damn coach in college basketball right now, Chris Naki. Wow. The best coach, pure wow. coach. Not necessarily recruiter, not the biggest name coach, but who's the best coach. And while you're thinking about that, speaking of coach – coaches and kids how'd you like Bayheim's kid having his jersey misspelled well, it's unbelievable. That is how hilarious. does that happen yeah at a home game Boheim, uh, you missed it yeah <laughs> yeah that's remarkable uh you know best coach is a subjective kind of a thing you know I mean everybody sees something a little different if you're talking about defense you know Tony Bennett's probably one of those guys okay um Tom Izzo is Izzo still up there for you the what about I love Cal about Izzo is is what he does offensively. So, again, there's that sort of dichotomy. You're talking offense, defense, special teams. You know, Izzo runs 155 different plays, cool sets. Really? You know, it's got a lot. Is that a lot for a typical college team? So, there are two ways you approach it offensively. You can either run sort of a a continuity offense, which is an offense that sort of turns itself over. It's got the same patterns. Like Gary Williams used to run the flex offense. It's got the same sets every time down. Izzo comes down and runs separate, different plays. He puts guys in the best possible positions to, at least from his perspective, to be success, successful. How, how elaborate are the plays? Like a down screen followed by a baseline yeah, it's cut? Yeah, a lot of screen by... the screener stuff. But okay. he, it's very creative. Mm-hmm. A lot of movement, a lot of flow. And see, now the, the shot clock is such that you, you can't can't do all that. on it. Yeah, right. you got to you got to run. They're kind of quick hitters, you know. So okay. I love the stuff he runs. It's very reminiscent when I was coaching in the Colonial. You got Dick Tarrant, who used to be the the dean of coaches at Richmond, who was a fabulously successful guy. He did the same stuff. He would run a thousand different plays. Didn't, a, didn't uh, the upset Syracuse Dick Tarrant once as a fifteen seed? Also Auburn when they had Charles Barkley and Chuck Carson. Oh, yeah, so he wow. had a giant slayer. Yeah, he had a history. But but it also makes it difficult to scout. And to prepare for guys who do stuff okay. like that. So, um, but so, your boy Cal. Well, Kentucky. you know I love me some Cal. You love. He's Cal. so full of shit, but he's a. He's a <laughs> he, it, I always feel like you know he's one of those guys that he's a really good basketball guy, and he's so full of the brand of KU and of Cal. I don't think people respect how good he is as a basketball guy. Okay. Yeah, he's very solid and knows what he's doing. Some um, say though he's not a great in-game tactician. Well, I mean sometimes it's easier to. You know, when you got guys like he's got, he had Anthony Davis on his team, for God's sake. Right. You watch him play. You know, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. He's got some freaks who've, right. who've gone right. through there. So, how great do you have to be? Um, he's won enough, you okay. know. And I, I think he gets a kind of a bad rap. I like him personally. You like him, too. And he seems to be humble and self-effacing within the coaching yeah. fraternity. And I know there's some guys who have a, kind of a hard-on for him. You know, I mean, okay. he, you know, I think Roy Williams has taken a bunch of shots at him uh, uh, yeah. over the years. But All right, how about I, Roy? Um, so, so okay, Roy is one of those guys, it's different. Okay, so you're talking about coach. When you're talking about Tony Bennett and Tom Izzo, Roy is a program builder. And and that's hard to do. It's really hard to do. What does that and mean? 
he's a guy who can he can build a culture. Okay. And, 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 and as and long as it's Kansas or North Carolina, and people go well, build well, 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 go well. build me that at Texas A and M. Well, he he's a, no Laranega. He, he inherited a culture at UNC yeah. that was broken. It wasn't good at the time. That's true. Yes. And yeah. so, so it's hard. You can't just say okay. Fair he enough. He didn't inherit it from Dean Smith. Right. You mm-hmm. know. And so, uh, but Doherty was an easy act to follow. Jesus. Well, you never want to follow the legend. Right? No. You know, right. That's why I feel sorry for Mark Turgeon every day of the week. Well, Guthridge you know, was there too before. Yeah. It was Guthridge yeah, and then Doherty. Gut, right. Yeah. But Doherty drove it into the ground. Yeah. But what's they your take on Larry Nega? Uh, I like Larry Nega. I like him a lot. I, think, um, I mean, he's a great coach. Very good coach. Uh, very good in game coach. Unique personality. I See, I worry about Larry Nega right now with Recruiting? the scope of the Adidas stuff. Yeah. Wow. You know, Why? I mean, he, he's got a kid sitting out who hasn't played down there. Who was all over the emails from Christian Dawkins, uh, who was part of the okay. part of the, the the Adidas stuff, and so doesn't Kansas have a guy parked because of that? Yeah, he's he going, and that's the guy who Maryland was involved yes. with. Right, no, that, 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 he was going to Maryland. Yeah, well, no, he ne- well, never, never visited, never, never came. But he up. was on the radar. Of course, he was on the radar. Right. He was on everybody's radar. But but Kansas so had a bigger bag. It's, it's also funny how this works too. So in the same in the same breath that say Miami's guys are holding out. Um, uh, Hernandez, I think, is the guy's name at Miami. Um, the same situation is true at North Carolina. Their star freshman is all over those emails. He's dropping 25, 26 a game right now. So why is Not he playing? Little. I, it has to do, I guess, with the sensitivities of the compliance, each school? compliance departments in each school. Because if you charge out there with a guy who could be implicated, you are risking forfeiting those – Wins, I, right? I would do it 1,000 times out of 1,000. <laughs> You're I saying make the NCAA balls make, off. make them make the catch, the throw, and the tag it, it, to here, finally get you because a lot of shit that can happen along the way. That'll happen in 2023. Right. <laughs> it, it's, there's such a lag time. So so it, the, the NCAA also is doing this thing now, too, where I don't know if you saw this. This is at Brigham Young where they, they – Brigham Young of you all teams. cheating? Cheating. And so, wow. so, so the NCAA has docked the program wins. Really? Like, is that a, is that a real penalty? <laughs> I don't know. I, Docking them their caffeine-free diet soda in the stadium exactly. would be a real penalty. You know, exactly. making them actually do something that was considered sinful. Yeah. So right. uh, you know, I mean, so but there's so many things going on out there, and the, also coming up February and March is when those assistant coaches got popped last <clears throat> fall. Those guys all go to trial. Jesus. And so prior to February and March, if you listen really closely, you're going to hear a lot of singing. Because <laughs> no. I think a lot of guys are going to be telling tales. So how, I mean, how, how high up the chain is it going to go? Will, well, it, will mean, it ensnare a major D1 coach? Well, I mean, like one of the guys who, you know, I mean, who's who's had a lot of speculation, about, like is Bruce Pearl at Auburn. Auburn right oh, now is playing, he's playing Duke, you know, and Auburn's eighth. And one of his assistant coaches got popped. You know, I mean, why would you look at jail time? You if know, the, you could sell out Bruce Pearl. Well, the other thing is, it's like if, if you don't want to do a, if you don't want to do the time, you do a friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you know, so right, right, right. So I don't know why they, what the win is, in, is there for those guys to go to jail? It seems very unfair the way that they have selectively prosecuted this whole thing. Will it change college basketball? It only changes if the NCAA changes. You know, I mean, you got to – okay, so now we segue into what i do is if I were the czar. Yes. I would blow up the fucking NCAA. And I'd, <laughs> I'd, 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 What'd I'd you replace to, it with? 
Because you have to replace it with something. I would replace it with a czar, with one person, one person. who's got who's got authority and autonomy with to a make the rules. investigative staff. I don't think the rules necessarily are the problem. It's the enforcement of the rules. Well, of course. For, for, it, it just takes forever for anything to be adjudicated, for anything to be... NCAA doesn't have subpoena power either. Right. So so you have to... That has to change, too. NCAA, you know, the, the feds told the NCAA to sit back during the Adidas stuff. Yeah. And you know what the, the NCAA said? They were completely happy with that. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, less we work nothing, for us. Yeah, no, nothing to see here. We don't have to do anything here. So... But you, you have to have some central authority that administers the game that makes it at least fair. Right. Because otherwise, it'll be, you know, the Wild West, and it won't be fair, and these schools won't like getting beat by a team of professionals at another school. But, but the only— and you could say that that exists now, yeah. but at least there's some hedges on that. But the only reason that the, all this came to be was because the feds got involved. It wasn't the NCAA. Right. Yeah, but you can get a czar, or you could have the NCAA. You're still going to come down to the biggest argument is how do you deal with whether or not to pay players or not pay players? And who's going to pay them? Well, are the shoe companies going to pay them, or are no, the universities no, no. going to pay them? And, and then not only that. Or are car dealerships going to pay them by way of that's phony just, that's, autograph that's sessions? That's just Syracuse. Yeah, and, yeah, and, right. yeah, yeah, and then how do you determine who gets paid in terms of, like, you know, is is it because it's not going to be even no. to pay the Duke athlete versus the Idaho athlete? And then how do you determine which sports get paid? Because you can't right. pay you Title Nine Zion Williamson and also pay the girls volleyball player at Duke. You right. can't, you know, all, all of that stuff. So, it's, well, so, so that I think one of the things that speaks to, too, is that the. Uh, you're likely to see a breakaway of a power, the Power Five conferences. And they do their own thing. And they do their own thing because they're. They're such a different animal than the rest of the... But they want to play a lot of non-Power Fives to fill out their schedule. And they'll, they'll still be able Under to do that. whose rules? Well, I mean, you're talking about rules in terms of... Well, if the Power Five break away and they have their own rules about paying players, yeah. how do you then go play a Middle Tennessee State? Well, I mean... Uh, Under whose rules? Sucks for them. Sucks for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Auburn just played the Citadel. Yeah. You just pay well, them more money. All the time. Uh, pay them more money to games. beat up their kids. But, but what happens awesome. when the Power Five, the new league, says we're going to go six fouls, we're going to go 48-minute games. I don't games, think that's going to happen. We're going to make it like the pros, I, I think the le- I think and they the, break college basketball. I, I think the rules are always going to be uniform because because the Power Five needs the rest, and, they, and the rest needs the Power Five. You know, right. You look at, look at a situation like uh, – you know, in November, you see some weird things happen, score-wise. Oh, yeah. I watched, the other day, I watched Furman beat Villanova at Villanova. Yes! And there were people hanging from the rafters. <laughs> Villanova just did a complete redo of their arena. Yeah. And they, 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 they I mean. How does that happen, by the way? In that, terms, that upset? Like well, that. Villanova lost, like, multiple guys to the NBA. Okay. Uh, they had they have two guys who were primary players for them, Phil Booth and somebody else who just, don't look We're like off. they're quite ready for to ascend. Okay. And Furman has a bunch of older guys, and they were they unafraid. Knew how to play. Yeah, yeah, and they came in, and, and uh, they should have won a regulation, but they ended up winning overtime. But I'm watching this thing, and, and, and one of the great lines ever uttered to me was, when I was at American, we played a guy, we played Fang Mitchell at Coppin State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we paid Fang money to come to that game. It was a guarantee game. Oh, boy. I can't remember what it was. It was something nominal. But Fang at half court says, 
this is a great fucking country when I can come down here and take your check and kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It absolutely, and I, I, I harbor no problem. I, you know, Fang is, was yeah. always good with me, but, uh, but so you watch these games and you see the guarantee checks. Furman, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there, and I don't know this number to be true necessarily. Furman probably got $80,000, dollars yeah, to go say play, 90, yeah. to play that Damn, game and nice. get the win. Yeah. Nice, yeah. So, tournament, are you still advocating to expand it? NCAA tournament, you uh, still a, a 128 truther? Yeah, I mean. You suck. God, you suck. Y- yeah. It's one extra guys, weekend. Guys like him and, and Gary want to ruin the best thing oh, left in shut sports. The fuck I'm up. not going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> When's the national championship? We've played six, May? It's the, one extra weekend. It, it is, that, that's not the point. The point is 64 was perfect. It's already been disfigured with these extra games and these little fingers of, oh, it's 68 now or whatever the number is or 71 or some dumbass thing. 64 has been worried. perfect. Game. You're just one worried. Sheet. It's one sheet, Naki. It's you're, a pool on one sheet. You're just worried that the... That the tournament is going to intrude on the Masters. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd better play that one week before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's what they the would case. do once CBS owns the property. So the, the myth is you coaches want it for job security. <laughs> you coaches. Yes, you people. You what people. is it you people want? What is it you people want? You coaches have always wanted this extra job security of, hey, I can say I made the tournament. But the bar is just going to move. They're going to say, yeah, you made the tournament, but you didn't make it to the field of 64, so you're fired anyway. Uh, you it's know not going to help if you If you're getting a share of revenue from the tournament. You get the revenue. Yeah, yeah then, then you, you've won. Okay. All right, have we settled? Do we need to settle anything else tonight before we shut it down? Boys, Gorgie? Are we not going to the Redskins? Are we just going to leave it there? <clears throat> We're just, yeah, we, you talk about the Redskins. Let's go around the horn. They win the I think we got to get Naki's most egregious recruiting story that you ever saw. There you oh go. Oh, my God. <laughs> most egregious. In terms of winning or losing. How about, how about when Calhoun stole Rudy Gay? Oh, my God. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, you know, I, my I bring, God. When I bring up uh, Calhoun's name you know, during our podcast with Gary, I can, oh. I, I can feel the cold front moving in from the <laughs> you watch You watch for flying forks? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was the biggest Motherfuck. shit show. <laughs> yeah. No, no I don't know. When you were back then, when you were, no, either I, way, when you were playing guys you heard you played against that got recruited, yeah, or later know, on when you coached, or the, when the, you were at the... The thing is, is that you, you uh, I remember, like in the movie, uh, Tom Cruise's uh, Jerry Maguire, when he was talking about being the king of the living room. Yeah. <laughs> remember that was, I yeah, think yeah. that was his line, king of the living yeah. room. You, you end up in so many different... Uh, living rooms, you know, when you when you have to, you know, it, remember and, and the names of the aunts so and the uncles. You know, I remember walking the into I, there was a kid who played at uh, Coolidge, and I was walking. I was in a in a sort of a brownstone across from uh, RFK Stadium uh, off of Benning Road. Yeah. And I walked in there, and it was it was kind of a classic DC thing where you walk in, there's plastic all over the furniture and stuff, and so um, the. Uh, one of the kids of, of, in the family let me in, and I go sit on the on the living room couch, and this young girl comes down. She's like 14, 15 years old, and she looks at me, and she has, I guess she had no idea I was gonna, I was coming there to re- recruit, and she she goes back up to the steps. She says, "Mom, there's a white man on our." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a great way to start a trip, right? You know, so. Uh, uh, but you you find yourself in situations there that you you uh, you you can't believe you know 
uh, since this is a podcast, I can tell you this story. Yeah. Uh, I was walking out with an, with a guy who I was coaching with at one point in time, and we were we were slobbering over this kid from New Jersey, who in retrospect was not very good. <laughs> but we, you do what you got to do, and you sell your soul, you know. And so, so we walked out in the in, out of that living room and into the driveway. We're going out to the rental car, and my guy turns to me and says, "You know, <clears throat> I want to be clear here. I'm the most heterosexual guy on the planet." But this taste in my mouth. Oh, God. Tastes a lot like Oh, oh God. <laughs> that's, and that's the level you that, have to go to that is it, in man. recruiting. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and do you feel bad ever kind of like knowing I'm sort of lying to this kid about how much he's no, going to play? No, play, you play the game. You, you play the game. Okay. And so the other thing is you're, you're always, you're, you're sort of, you're betting on the future anyways. You know, so everything's kind of a, kind of a crapshoot. I think we got to get Naki's. Top five to ever come out of the city. Top five. Are you, are you including the suburbs too? DC. Yeah. I think it's DC. The D, the I don't DMV. do DC only or DMV. Yeah, DMV. DC area. I think DMV area, yeah. but I don't know if you're one to consider Baltimore the region or no, just no, say no, DC. No, I'm not that Baltimore. Yeah. So I agree. DMV. Yeah. So the, the best five to ever Beltway. come out of inside the Beltway. No, 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 no. no, 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 no DMV. Okay. DMV. Right. So like Grant Hill counts from Weston. Grant Hill. Grant Hill. Durant. Durant. Okay. There's two. David Robinson. Yeah, he was yeah. all right. <laughs> uh, Elgin Baylor. Um, Heard of him. But it, but Zabe's thing is, if it happened in black and white, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't really. Yeah. It's like the old Pete Maravich thing. Uh, yeah. I've gone over this with him for 20 years. Uh, Pete Maravich. Yeah, it's a pretty a, strong starting five right there. Yeah. Starting four. That you've Wait, who's the so fifth far. guy? Len Bias. Len's got to be right there. Well, you got to have Juan Dixon there, too. Juan was a Baltimore, Baltimore guy. guy. Yeah, he was a Calvert yeah, Hall yeah, guy. Yeah. You got who? Who you got? Where Len go to high school? Len uh, went to Northwestern. Northwestern yeah, Northwestern. same as Jeff Green. Yeah, the yeah. Wizards. Uh, uh, had a big night tonight. No offense to. Uh, <laughs> no, that's pretty good right there. Anyone else though? DC lore. You know, I, I, I'd be tempted to add a point guard to that group. Uh, didn't Adrian Dantley? Adrian Dantley's got to be in that Walt conversation. From? Walt's from Crossland. He belongs yeah. in there. Walt's, Walt's got to Walt. be. You know who there. else was fit, was a ridiculous yeah. high school player was Sherman Douglas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Ridiculous yeah. Spingarn. Yeah. Spingarn. Spingarn and, yeah. uh, and yeah. Syracuse, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had Sidney Lowe. Tommy Amaker. Yeah, Amaker. Sidney Lowe. Uh, Derek Wittenberg. Derek Wittenberg. Maybe a little better. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean you, got guys, guys. you got guys right now. Oladipo is is oh, a Dematha yeah. guy. I cannot yeah. believe how good and, he is. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Oh, In high school, he was the third best shoot, player on this he team. He shoot it. Yeah. He was like, scored five or six points a game, and they were the most spectacular dunks you've ever seen. Yep. But he was just an incredible freak athlete, a, a defensive player and athlete, but not great. He really he, developed. He's relentless. Yeah. He's yeah. relentless. He just goes. Plays yeah. both ends, too. Yeah. 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 Defender. I root for him. Danny Ferry was a – Played, you know, but yeah, yeah. just saying. Uh, from my the, guy on that team, he wouldn't be in the top five. Carlton I mean, Valentine was was my guy on that team. Yeah, the center on Dematha that year. That's a pretty good five though. David Robinson, yeah. uh, Kevin Durant. I'm hard pressed to come, kind of come up with a, a primary, the number one point guard through the area. I mean, if you're talking about high school kids, Sherman would have to be in there. Amaker, of course, but uh, uh, yeah. Re- I mean, rewind years ago. Why didn't Wooten ever get the nod? Morgan Wooten. Morgan Wooten was the best high school coach in the country. He lived, I mean, lived, worked two minutes down the road from College Park. Why did he not get the nod as the head coach? Of Maryland. Of Maryland. Maryland. You know, after 
left-hander. Explain it like people don't know okay. anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gorgie. All right. All right. So <laughs> after lefty, after lefty Drizel, Yes. Right. The go-to guy who was two minutes down the road, who should have gotten the nod, is right there on your he, doorstep. He wanted the job, right? So well, <laughs> Naki is looking around like, all right, what so, can I say so about this? My, my understanding of, of the events at that time were that was that the chancellor of the school, you know, with all the uh, all everything that unfolded with bias and all the yep. the shit that hit, hit the it fan, was a cat five shit storm. That the yep. that the the chancellor of the school actually asked for some counsel from CJ's guy, John Thompson. And John's suggestion was, and John had issues with Morgan through the years. I think that they've solved those uh, for the most part since. I don't know that for sure. Go ahead and comment. <laughs> well, and, and that stemmed from when Big John got the Georgetown job, that Morgan wanted that back in the, seven, uh, in the okay. early 70s as gotcha. well. So. so, but true or false, I mean, that, that John had, an, had some input on the Maryland job mm -hmm. when it came open. Bob Wade was the reigning king of Baltimore at Dunbar High School in Baltimore. They're one of the best teams in the country and one of the best that ever played. Unbelievable. Some guys that came through there. David Wingate and yeah. Muggsy. So speaking of Georgetown, how is that Georgetown-Maryland series coming along, huh? Yeah. Huh? For those, those that don't know. Those were two know, great games. When are they for not those, playing next? For those that don't know, not in the D.C. area, Georgetown and Maryland, the two dominant major D1 programs, had a, a running series that ended in what year? Last year. No, no, but two well, years, well, two years before ago. they revived it. Oh, Gary oh. played at Caps, uh, what used to be U.S. Arena Cap yeah. Center, whatever, Center. in '93. Right. It made no sense to not play every year. Yeah. Except and, Mar and Maryland won that. Except what happened was there was some dispute over who owes who a home game because yeah. they played at the old Cap Center then, and it ended up being a 50-50 crowd there. Yeah. Okay. On there, but that was Georgetown's home court. They didn't play at Cole Fieldhouse. Right. 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 So. Yeah, there was a dispute over it. Because Georgetown didn't really have a sizable. McDonough Arena was very small. Yeah, Maryland's never going to go to McDonough No, Arena. not to a bandbox. Yeah. Okay. So, so then they revived the series that lasted how many years? Well, well, there was two games in between. Two they, games in they, between. They, they, they weren't scheduled games, though. They, right. they The one was they in the tournament. They each other in the tournament they, once. Yeah, when Maryland lost to Duke in the Final Four that year in 2001, the year before they won the championship. Uh, Sweet 16, I think. Right. They lost to Duke in the Final Four. But no, they, no, I know, but yeah, Maryland yeah, fought the Sweet Georgetown in the yeah. Sweet 16. But we beat then, them in Anaheim. Yeah, right. yeah, in the Sweet 16. In Anaheim in the Sweet 16. And then, and then later on in like 2008, you know, like some, 2008, yeah. uh, Georgetown way, killed Maryland in an early season tournament right. down in, in the Bahamas, right? Or, Orlando, yeah. Orlando, yeah. So, so, funny story about Georgetown yeah. fan. So, we um, – we it's have to do with Jerome Williams. No, it has to do with your Georgetown <laughs> brethren. All right, so so we're down in Orlando, and we had beaten – we, I didn't play. But Maryland had beaten Michigan State. At, you know, they, they were fourth in the country, I think. So the next game we're playing Georgetown, they paced the shit out of us. I mean, it's just an ass-kicking. Let-down game for you start guys. Start to finish. And so I go do Gary in the locker room. I go talk to him in the locker room. That really went well. Yeah, I'm but, sure so he's But so I thrilled. come back out to Johnny's courtside, and the, the arena is pretty small. 
And there is a guy 20 rows behind me wearing a big George, all the Georgetown gear. Yeah. And he is motherfucking me. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. He's why? like, he's like, I listen, Knock to your, I listen to your shit all the time on 9 Take that. You're <laughs> such a homer. <laughs> so, is his name Mark Stern? <laughs> no. That's but great. I, but I turn and I said, dude, the game's over. You won. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go home. I mean, it's like, a Sunday afternoon, too. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, and relax. Orlando. So, I got yeah. things to do. I got, <laughs> yeah. I got places to yeah. go. You know? So anyway, so Maryland and and Georgetown reignited the series for a quick home but and that, home. That was two done, year run. That right? was done because of the uh, ACC Big East Challenge. Or excuse me, Big Ten okay. Big East Challenge initially, right? Oh, think so. Gavit Games. The Gavit Games they included it, but I thought it was because of Turgeon and, and John's John, relationship. Yeah. Okay, but JT now it's relationship. Now yeah. it's dormant again. It's dormant again. Yeah, they just did two years. It's funny what happens when you go two and zero. And both games, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but no, no it's true. Bo- both, both games, games were right down to the both buzzer. games yes. were incredible. Yes. They, and the atmospheres yeah. were awesome, and so the buildup. There's there's so much value in playing the game. I, you know, like I tell you what, I, you know, scheduling is an art. It's not. It's right. and it's one of the most important things these guys do. Like we went over and played at Navy a couple of weekends yeah. ago, and I, I, that's a game I'd play every year if I'm Maryland because you get all these fans over there who don't right. come to College Park. You you're gonna beat Maryland Navy. Fans. You're gonna beat yeah. Navy. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a really cool arena. Yeah. But I mean, like the game, there was so much value in playing that game. Um, so you're saying there's no yeah. value in playing Georgetown? No, 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 no. He's no, saying no, there's some huge value. Yeah, I mean, I think okay. it's a huge. No, win. no. Why is so that? Why, so why then don't why don't Georgetown and Maryland play? Well, Thanksgiving, how hard, Thanksgiving how hard weekend can this be? One of the year. commonalities that these two programs have, and Patrick comes from his, um, I think his scheduling philosophy stems from Big From John. his old man. And, well, from and, his and Turge, is old not, coach. Turge is kind of the same way. Turge, Turge is, you know, he's got six freshmen who are playing. Right. He wants these guys to learn how to win. It's I like, what's in it for me? And he's got in this Tur- date that I'm going to take, yeah. what's in it for we, us? We, if we're going to play it, it has to be early or mid-November. So is that a value to me, to us? Yeah. And so I, maybe Patrick thinks the same way, but, I mean, I've seen their schedule. It's not like they're, they're killing it, you know? Yeah, right. it's a little better this year than it was last year, yeah. but, yeah. 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 All right, boys, great time. Coach Naki, the Coaches Podcast. What's it called again? Uh, Basketball Coaches DC Podcast. And that's available wherever podcasts are delivered. Indeed. It drops every week on Tuesdays. Tuesday morning. And it's you, it's Gary. Eddie Tapscott tap. and my man Gordon Austin, who played with me at American I Youth. I love it. He also, Gordon is our resident gambler in-house, and so oh, we, nice. uh, okay. yeah, we play a little, uh, play some gambling games. All right. It's college basketball season. I love it. Yeah. All right. Make sure to tip our uh, waiter here, okay? You don't have to make 4% off a bill like this? I'm sure you can. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Hey there, my gambling turkeys on Thanksgiving. Wouldn't you love to go 3-0? and on Thanksgiving Day as you are full of turkey. How do you do it? Sign up at mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can bet sides, predict scores, track player props, and more. Mybookie.ag lets you play without cash or other purchases. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Double the money. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.ag has in-game live action on every major league event. 
even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go to MyBookie.ag, then open an account and join in on the fun. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Signing up is easy to do, and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code ZABE. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited. We'll end on this. Every year, the Wall Street Journal publishes twin editorials about Thanksgiving in America. And I think they are perfect. One is called The Desolate Wilderness, and the other one is called And the Fair Land. They were written by one Vermont, Connecticut, Royster, who died in 1996. He was the longtime editor of the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal. From 1958 to 1971, he was honored with the Presidential Medal of Freedom and won two Pulitzer Prizes for his writing, plus numerous other awards. The Wall Street Journal has run these editorials every year since 1961. You could probably Google search them for the full copy or subscribe to the Wall Street Journal because it is put behind a paywall, but it's called The Desolate Wilderness and the Fair Land. And I give you a highly abbreviated crux of both editorials that sort of described the thinking of that first Thanksgiving as America was just getting up on her feet and why it remains such an incredible, wonderful place to live. Wrote Mr. Royster, quote, but we can all remind ourselves that the richness of this country was not born in the resources of the earth, though they be plentiful but in the men that took its measure. And we might remind ourselves also that if those men setting out from Delfshaven had been daunted by the troubles they saw around them, then we could not this autumn be thankful for a fair land. And that for all of our social discord, we yet remain the longest enduring society of free men governing themselves without benefit of kings or dictators And being so, we are the marvel and the mystery of the world, for that enduring liberty is no less a blessing than the abundance of the earth. Amen to that. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's eat. Thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, and like. Tell three friends. Get the ZabeCast app. Subscribe to Premium Football Five Ways Friday. Go to zabe.com slash premium. Podcasts are the future, and you can listen to them whenever you want. Email me at zabe at yahoo.com with feedback, story ideas, and more. Now get ready to say bye-bye belt on Thanksgiving Day, and don't go too hard on the NFL triple header on Turkey Day. Enjoy the day off, and we will see you next time.